0: We're the Denver Broncos cheerleaders and you're listening to Sports Crunch with D-Crom. Morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever one of you gets get a This is Sports Crunch with Dcrom. crom I'm your host, David Cromolo. With Super Bowl 58 and thus the 2023 NFL season already in the history books, the attention of the NFL now largely shifts to the 2024 NFL draft, where for the second consecutive year, the Chicago Bears have the first overall pick. Last year, the Bears decided to pass on the quarterbacks available and traded the top pick to the Carolina Panthers for a sizable haul. Obviously, the Pathers went on to have the worst record in the NFL this season, and that's why the Bears are once again where they are. When you look at the Chicago Bears team, they ended this past season on a hot streak, winning four of their final six games thanks to a defense that was astonishingly transformed by a midseason trade. In addition, Justin Fields, the young quarterback whom they selected nearly three years ago, finally showed the improvement the Bears were hoping for down the stretch. But should it be enough to dissuade the Bears from drafting another young quarterback? Or should the Bears do exactly what they did last year? Therein lies the dilemma facing the Bears these next three months. Yet an even bigger question is what would the most ideal 2024 offseason look like for the Bears? Joining us to help give us an answer is our good friend Carl Dumbler, NFL draft analyst for Mile High Huddle. Carl, I know you're a big Broncos fan, but you're also an incredible football mind, and it's great to have you back with us to give us your perspective on what the Bears should do with this golden opportunity. How you doing, my man?
1: I'm I'm doing great. It's been uh, great weather around here, getting outside, even getting to wear some shorts in February, <laughs> which is always good to, to see. I saw down at Senior Bowl. You guys had some of the best weather I've ever seen at the Senior Bowl. I'm a little <laughs> jealous of that, uh, but uh, but no, it, it has. It's been good. My daughter's b- birthday was today. Got to celebrate that, and now getting to talk a little bit of football and probably talk about, like you said, the team that has the opportunity to transform everything in one off season, to go from perennial losers most seasons recently to possibly contender every single year, uh, if they make the right decisions. And uh, I- I'm torn on which way I'd like to see them go um, because th- they do, they they have a lot of good options in front of them, which is always a good thing. I don't think they can go completely terribly wrong either way that they go at the quarterback position, but it's going to be fun to talk with you. See where, where your head's at with this too.
0: Absolutely. Carl, and we missed you down there in mobile this season, but fortunately that weather uh, snuck its way to Kansas as well, because uh, you deserve every bit of it uh, as we're waiting for the draft. And the Bears' decision on what to do with that number one overall pick involves various steps. Among the first of those steps is the Bears asking themselves the following question. Does Caleb Williams, Drake May, or even Jaden Daniels give us an immediate day one upgrade over Justin Fields? Based on what you've seen from their tape thus far, which of those aforementioned quarterbacks do you think would be an automatic upgrade over Justin Fields and why? I'm going to lean towards Caleb Williams on this one.
1: Uh, just because he does have that extra factor, the the creativity yeah. to make things happen that that other quarterbacks just sometimes lack. You know, there's a lot of guys that can work within the system. Uh, like, I love Brock Purdy, but he is in the perfect situation, perfect system where it says, hey, you pass it here, you go here, look here first, second, if that that, that isn't open, um, it, it is like a quarterback's dream. Not every team has that kind of system in place. Uh, because they don't have a mind like Kyle Shanahan. And so having a guy like Caleb Williams that can make something out of nothing and can really elevate the talent around him. You know, I I know this year at USC was a little bit rough, obviously. And I do worry about the place where he is mentally right now. I've heard some people talk about, there's been some, some questions with that and that's where you're going to clean it up in some interviews with him. but still, I mean, great arm athlete, like I said, can make things happen. He can fit balls into tight windows Uh, just accurate on throws that you just don't see other people making hardly ever, other than I hate to say his name, but Patrick Mahomes. Um, And I'm not trying to say he's the next Patrick Mahomes by any means, but I would probably lean that way just because again, he can do things that the other two can't. Um, Now Drake may probably the safest of the three. He is big. He's strong. He can sit there in the pocket and pick you apart. Looks like a really smart kid. Uh, Reminds me so much of Justin Herbert and the way that he plays football. And so uh, there's nothing wrong if you decide I'm going to take the safer route going with Drake May. Now, Jaden Daniels, he's the the wild card because of those legs, man, and his ability to just destroy a defense. I mean, Lamar Jackson, obviously in the fight for MVP in the NFL. um, And part of that is because of the threat of his legs. But I, I still put him a few steps behind those other two. So it really comes down to those two and I'd probably still go Caleb Williams.
0: Excellent points there, Carl. Plus when it comes to Jaden Daniels and uh, your Lamar Jackson cop, it's important for our listeners to know that Lamar Jackson played in a Bobby Petrino pocket centric offense when he was in college at Louisville. And this past year under new offensive coordinator, Todd Mockett in Baltimore, he evolved into a pocket savant. And I'm not sure you can have that same confidence in Jane Daniels to become that kind of player that Lamar has become right now.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, you know, I, I, I saw a statistic and I need to find it again just to really confirm that it is this, but it it would make sense. And I saw this on tape where Jaden Daniels, I think when he was under pressure, 80% of the time he took off on a run. And in the NFL, you just can't do that that much. You can't be taking that many hits. And I know there's a lot of quarterbacks that are good at knowing how to take a hit or knowing when to slide, Um, but he's still, he's got a very slender frame. I don't think it would take too many hits to really knock him out of a game and then where's your season going after that?
0: Absolutely. That is something the Bears will have to consider when evaluating uh, Jada Daniels as for the uh, commanders, Patriots, and all other teams in need of a quarterback as well. And an underrated factor concerning Ryan Poles and the Bears front office in this decision is timing. At his end of the year press conference, Ryan Poles suggested he is willing to take this decision all the way until April, if need be. However, Albert Breer of the NNQB hinted that it may be in the Bears' best interest to find a new home for Justin Fields around the start of the new league year, which begins March 13th. Many quarterback dominoes, Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, Russell Wilson, et cetera, are going to fall around that time. And if the Bears decide to wait until April, they could miss their best chance at getting the largest trade value possible for Justin Fields. If you're Ryan Poles, do you commit to trading Justin Fields by mid march or would you be willing to hold on to him until April, especially if neither Caleb Williams nor Drake may impress in interviews at the combine? I would say
1: I would put a hard line of what I'm willing to to accept in a trade. Like I, I would be saying I want high second round value for Justin Fields with how he finished that season. I, I think I could even ask for low round one value. Doesn't mean I'm getting a first round pick, but you could get a second round pick and more to to really seal that deal because i think you can wait there's enough quarterback needy teams that even if all those other dominoes fall let's say we get to the draft and quarterbacks go one two three well let's say you don't like that next wave of quarterbacks bo nix michael Penix jr um j.j mccarthy all of a sudden you're looking at that going okay is it worth trading our second round pick to go get justin fields a guy that we know can play in this league and play well. And, or do we want to take a chance on one of these guys? And so I think you can wait. And I think it doesn't drop the value a ton. I think it could drop, drop it. Some, I mean, you're taking a risk either way, but I, I still would set that line and just tell NFL teams, Hey, this is what we're willing to go down to
0: come to, come to this line or we are wait until the draft. Carl. I think you nail exactly how Ryan Poles himself operates. Keep in mind, Ryan Poles was previously with the Kansas City Chiefs for nearly a decade, and he learned a lot under Andy Reid and Brett Veach during his time there. And I spoke to uh, some Chiefs officials at the Senior Bowl about a year or so ago, and they said that Ryan Poles is very very meticulous. He's going to leave no stone, no rock, no pebble unturned this entire process. And if Ryan uh determines that he has to wait till April, he's going to do exactly that.
1: Yeah, it, it makes total sense. I mean, again, there's enough quarterback needy teams. There's like ten good quarterbacks, then there's about ten average, or well, average below average, and then there's a lot of crap kind of thing, <laughs> and so. Uh, you're going to be able to find a team that's going to want a quarterback. Like I said, that played really well down the stretch. I I thought should have been probably the second quarterback taken in that draft class, um, you know. And I think he's pretty much proving that at this point that he should have been at least up there with the the other guys. Uh, but it, it's worth holding on to because he is kind of the golden goose right now, and and it gives you that more time to really evaluate, make sure. You are really set on taking Caleb Williams or Drake may because like you said, maybe they blow it in the interviews and you're like, you know what? No, we really like Justin Fields. We can, we can add to this team like crazy. Like we can surround him with a super team and make it where Justin Fields doesn't have to even be elite for us to win. And uh, you know, you're again, I, I go back to the 49ers. They have an elite team around Brock Purdy, not saying Brock Purdy's bad, I'm saying that it allows Brock Purdy to have some pressure taken off of him that he doesn't have to do everything to go win
0: games. Oh, that is an excellent point. And keep in mind, that's how the Chiefs were built even before they drafted Patrick Mahomes. Before they drafted Patrick Mahomes, they loaded up at every single position possible, and they – had a special team around Alex Smith. And it was when they realized Alex Smith just couldn't take them uh, very far, they decided to draft Patrick Mahomes. So Ryan Poles could very well opt to follow a similar line of thinking that his uh, mentor Andy Reid did in Kansas City. And another potential option for the Bears that needs to be explored is trading down from the number one overall pick, albeit by just a spot or two. And a recent development will only fuel speculation about this possibility. After backing out of the Raiders' offensive coordinator job search, Cliff Kingsbury has agreed to terms to become the new offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders. As you know, the Commanders hold the number two overall pick, and Kingsbury actually coached Caleb Williams at USC this past season. In addition, Caleb Williams is a D.C. native. Uh, he was actually from Maryland, but he attended Gonzaga High School uh, in Washington, D.C. Moreover, his father said in late August 2023, that Caleb would prefer to have more say as to where he gets drafted. However, the notion that Caleb Williams does not want to play for the Bears has thus far been debunked. Nonetheless, according to NFL insider Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus, the Bears would probably be able to receive picks 2 and 40 this year, plus Washington's 2025 first and perhaps more to move down one spot. If you're Ryan Polls and you see little to no gap between Caleb Williams and Drake May, and keep in mind, Many if not most of the league sees very little uh, daylight between the two. Would you accept such an offer? In a heartbeat. <laughs> I mean, that
1: that just sounds crazy. The idea of getting, uh, you know, this number two overall pick and the second round pick. pick uh, what did you say it was forty somewhere yeah, in and there? And you traded that pick for Montez Sweat in the first place. <laughs> right. So now, yeah, you're getting that right back, and then on top of that, getting the first pit round pick the next year. And you're still getting probably, like you said, a, a comparable quarterback. They're, they got different games. But I still think Drake may, especially for today's NFL, is just such a good fit with his big build, can run if he needs to, but prefers to operate from the pocket, can work under pressure, uh, keeps a cool head, seems to really elevate the players around him really well. I, I think that would be an incredible trade that – Washington would once again just be kicking themselves of, of trading so much to move up for a quarterback like they did back in in what was it, 2012, right. if I remember right. Yep. And RG3. So I, I would take that trade in a heartbeat. And and even there, you could decide all right, we're still we're gonna push that quarterback talk to another day. And now let's go take Marvin Harrison Jr. We're at, we're at pick number two. We've got another first round pick. If we really want to move around next year and Justin Fields is not our guy. You know, it just opens up so many more opportunities. If you stay at one, you you can't take Marvin Harrison Jr., I don't think. But if you move back to two, I know it's only one spot, but because you got that extra capital for another year, it it gives you more options.
0: It most certainly does. And I know a lot of Bears fans are going to be going berserk if uh, Ryan Poles uh, chooses not to take uh, Caleb Williams or Drake May. But this is important for all football fans to know. You just cannot take a quarterback for the sake of getting a quarterback on a rookie contract. You have to take a quarterback that you have absolute conviction about. Ryan Poles was the director of college scouting when the Chiefs drafted Patrick Mahomes, and he, Brett Veach, Andy Reid, and everybody in that building had a conviction that Patrick Mahomes was going to be something special. As talented as Caleb Williams and Drake may are, it is absolutely no slab duck that they're going to be top five quarterbacks heck it's no slam dunk they're going to be better than cj stroud who absolutely looked like a monster his rookie season and is well on his way to being a top five quarterback in this league and that is a perspective that everybody has to be thinking about about drafting a quarterback
1: Oh, oh for sure and and like i said part of what helped patrick mahomes be patrick mahomes is one you had andy Reid in the building that helps big time but you also had tyreek hill you had travis kelsey you had a good offensive line and and so he wasn't stepping into a position where he had to elevate everybody else around him. They were already elevated as great players. And and so, like I said, if you see that neither of these two quarterbacks are ones, like I said, that have that conviction, you go get yourself a Marvin Harrison Jr. And all of a sudden, whoever you bring in at quarterback, if Justin Fields doesn't work out, now they have DJ Moore, they have Marvin Harrison Jr., they have Khalil Herbert, um Cole, you know, Komet. Cole Komet, yeah they actually have some pieces around them that can make their their transition to the NFL successful early on. I think one of my biggest pet peeves that I see happen over and over and over again in the NFL is these bad teams take quarterbacks, but have nothing for them. And so all of a sudden they're getting destroyed. And that confidence that they had coming into the NFL just begins to slowly disappear. You know, I worry about that with Bryce Young, down there with the Panthers. You know, I I get it that you needed to trade up and part of that trade was DJ Moore, but all of a sudden now he doesn't have a number one wide receiver. So how's he going to really function well when he doesn't have that? And now you don't have the pick for this year either to go help him as much as you would like. So I I just, I have a problem when NFL teams do that.
0: Absolutely, Carl, as you said, uh, Patrick Mahomes, and in my humble opinion, he would have ended up as one of the two best quarterbacks in football, no matter where he ended up. But it's because he was drafted into such a perfect ecosystem in Kansas City, he was able to fulfill his promise much quicker than usual. And that's a question the Bears are going to have to ask themselves. Do we have the right surroundings to make a Caleb Williams or Drake May good right off the bat? And uh, that is uh, something for Ryan Poles and company to really, really consider. And while there's still a ways to go until the draft, the Bears wasted no time in answering their first big question of the offseason, which was hiring a new offensive coordinator to potentially help develop a rookie quarterback. And they ended up hiring arguably the biggest fish available on the market in Shane Waldron, a Sean McVay disciple who was the Seahawks offensive coordinator for the last two seasons. What are your thoughts on the hire of Shane Waldron? And why would Caleb Williams, Drake May, or even Justin Fields benefit from working with him?
1: Yeah, I, I think he's a great hire for them. Uh, obviously worked with some great minds there. Sean McVay, who's probably one of the top four or five offensive minds in football right now. Yeah. And has shown wherever he's gone. Obviously, the, the quarterbacks have been able to have success. And, and now working with Seattle up there with Geno Smith, taking him from a career backup to a decent quality starter. I mean, it, it, it's not even just that he was a replacement starter. it was He was actually a... a a top 15 quarterback in football in 2022 and 2023 was looking a little bit less than that. I, I thought his 2022 season, obviously he was uh, playing above his talent level, got some lucky breaks with some drops on interceptions and stuff like that. And came back to earth a little bit in 2023, but at the same time, Seattle continued to compete. You know, it was a team where once Russell Wilson was gone, a lot of people thought, okay, they're going to have a couple years set back, No, they've stayed right there. And part of that's been the ability with that offense to maximize all of the talent, uh, to understand what your players are good at. I think one of my biggest pet peeves with a lot of offensive coordinators out there is they decide this is my system. You're going to learn to run my system instead of looking at their pieces and saying, okay, hey, this guy, he's great on the deep balls, uh, the deep ends, you know, whatever kind of routes, these are the ones that he specializes in and trying to get them to those plays uh, they just say, nope, you're my X receiver. This is what the X receiver is supposed to do on this play. You either get good at it or you're gone. And uh, so I thought he did a great job there in Seattle, really understanding the talent on that roster and, and maximizing it. And so now coming to Chicago and whether it's Justin Fields or Caleb Williams or Drake may, whoever it may be at quarterback, you know, again, being able to understand this is what they bring to the table. And then you got DJ Moore, Khalil, How- <laughs> Khalil Herbert, uh, Cole commit, you know, all those pieces. Okay. Now how do we fit them all in to get the most out of them to make this offense successful? I think he can do a pretty good job with that.
0: I most definitely think he can as well. And next week on February 20th, NFL clubs will have from then until 4 PM Eastern time on March 5th to apply franchise tags to certain players. If the deal doesn't see it is within reach by then, should the bears use the franchise tag on all pro cornerback Jalen Johnson?
1: Oh, easy. That's, that's an easy one for me. Yes. Um, he He's one of those top five corners in football. He's a, a defensive piece that you build around. You know, when you have a guy that you can say, Hey, we know you can shut down this half of the field for us. Um, you know, he, he's not a I, being a Bronco fan. I always think of champ Bailey. Uh, you know, they, they always talked about how the, the earth was covered in water or is covered in water. Two thirds, champ Bailey covered the other one third. <laughs> And, you know, it's kind of that same that same picture when you're looking at Jalen Johnson, when you can have that kind of trust of this guy, he's going to shut down this side of the field, it allows you to rotate safeties over allows you to bring more pressure if you want to. Uh, So you you do not let that guy get out of the building if you can help it, you know, he can maybe force his way out. um, But I think he can maybe see hey we're about to build something big here, and I can be a part of that. And he's right there in, in the prime of his career. So, you know, you've got another two or three years of him playing at this top level. I would make sure to go out there and pay him, especially if you're going to have a quarterback on a rookie contract. If you decide to go that direction, you are going to have some money to spend. So go spend it on a guy like this.
0: Most definitely at all signs point to Jayla Johnson getting that franchise tag as of this moment. Also, as of right now, the Bears are projected to have slightly less than $35 million in effective cap space this spring, according to OverTheCap.com. An effective cap space is defined as the amount of cap room a team is likely to have after assigning 51 players plus its projected rookie class to the active roster but there are obviously some clear ways for the Bears to create even more room in addition to trading away Justin fields. If they release safety Eddie Jackson, for instance, the Bears will save an additional $12.56 million in 2024 cap space. And it pays me to say this, if they release guard center and good friend of the pod, Cody Whitehair, they will save an additional $9.15 million in cap space. Should the Bears release one or both of those players? I would say Eddie Jackson, Yes. Um, he has been
1: unfortunately battling injuries for the last three years, for sure. He's been up and down in his play. Uh, he hasn't quite lived up to that big time hype when he first came into the league. Um, really the last about four years have been, I'd say average at best kind of seasons. And if you can save, like you said, on, on some cap right there, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. I mean, and, and he's also getting ready to hit that close to 30 years old, Mark. And for a lot of NFL players, that's when you start seeing some of this decline and you don't see health get better. That's the other big thing with him. Uh, Cody Whitehair. I'm a little torn on that one because like I said, I've got a, I've got a close place for in my heart for him as well. You know, I'm a Kansas boy. He played for K state. Yep. And I always like to go see those guys have success. I went to school in that town uh, for college and uh, I, I was never a K state fan but I do cheer for K State players that get to the league and have success. When he seems like a really neat guy, yeah, he's not played great. Um, he's again another guy. That's, he's not. He's battled some injuries these last couple of years as well. But he's he's such a great presence in the locker room. That's where I'm I'm struggling with that one. And and Eddie Jackson is too. I, I guess I shouldn't take that away from him either. But I, I would maybe go to Cody Whitehair and tell him, hey can we rework this contract? You know, can we maybe lower this cap it, put in more incentives. If you stay healthy for 17 games, you get an extra $3 million bonus kind of thing. Because again, I I like having some of those veterans in the locker room, especially if you're going to have a rookie quarterback leading this team, just so they have somebody they can lean into and say, Hey, I know you're the veteran you've been in this league for, you know, so many years. Um, how should I be handling this kind of situation or having a veteran that feels comfortable enough to even go up to that rookie and tell them, Hey, this is not how things should be done if that's what's needed. So I I would, I would start in that direction. If he says, no, then I got to say, I'm sorry, you're not living up to this contract right now. And, and this is, it's a very painful process. Yes. You know, I see it with the Broncos right now of, you know, like Von Miller when he left town, that was painful to watch. But he was on the downhill part of his career. His contract was way up there. And he had an opportunity to go get some draft picks. You know, I'm seeing it with Garrett Bowles here a little bit. There's some talk of, of him possibly being traded this offseason. You know, I, I was a soft spot in my play, my heart for uh, for Garrett Bowles. One, because he was the first draft I ever covered doing podcasts. So it's kind of neat to to see that all play out. Um, but But also, like I said, I think he's a good guy. And you hate to see these good guys go through the business side of football, but it is just part of the game.
0: It most certainly is. And Ryan Poles definitely has a dilemma on his hands when it comes to Cody Whitehair because he's definitely a leader in the locker room and uh, chances are the bears are going to draft even more offensive linemen uh, this season. And uh, he could be a very good mentor to them for at least one season and even if the Bears do clear that much additional cap space by releasing Eddie Jackson and Cody Whitehair and trading away Justin Fields, a franchise tag for Jalen Johnson would eat rather significantly into that. And when it comes to free agency this spring, should the Bears be far more frugal compared to last year and save their next big shopping spree for 2025? Or would you absolutely go all in to build the best team possible around your rookie quarterback right now?
1: I would probably try to build the best roster I could right now. Uh, one, you got a coach that's probably a little bit on the hot seat. You know they they kept him, but they still had a lot of changes to that coaching staff. And and they pretty much, if he doesn't make it work this year, he's probably gone. So I don't think you can delay having this team become successful, really really quickly here. Um, I, I would say also, like I said, you got a quarterback on a rookie contract. You got to maximize that. You can't delay that process. I think that's part of. Justin Fields. They delayed the process because they were kind of in a cap bad cap situation when they first drafted him. And so then they kind of had to delay a couple of years before they could add some talents like a DJ Moore, Um, and so I, I just, I don't want to see them do that to another rookie. If they have a chance to go add, you know, let's say they don't go wide receiver with the first couple picks there. You know, they go quarterback offensive line or something like that. Um, Okay, go to free agency. Go get yourself an, a a number two wide receiver to go with DJ Moore. Just make sure that he has a, a true guy that he can go out there and trust more so than what you have right now. I, I just I think those are some some good moves. You don't go crazy because they don't have that kind of cap space right now, but I think you can at least go make a couple decent to to big moves to help this team.
0: Absolutely. Plus, uh, it's kind of like what John Elway did when he was general manager of the Broncos. He like to be active uh, in free agency, whether it be Tiffany signings or Dollar Tree sightings to make sure that uh, the Broncos were set up to take the best player available when they were on the clock. And uh, I think that is exactly how Ryan Poles is going to have to approach a free agency this offseason to plug as many holes as you can so you could draft the absolute best player available whenever you're on the clock.
1: Yeah, that's the best way. You hope you can do that. It doesn't work every year because... Every team has holes um, and, and obviously injuries, you can't predict how those are going to play out, but you, you still, you want to make sure that you're not desperate that there, I've seen some times where, I mean, I always go back to the Broncos cause that's who I, I studied the most uh, when they had to take Garrett Bowles, like they had this huge need at left tackle. And I'm, I know one, I know they were calling the 10 teams before them trying to move up so that they didn't miss out. And they got lucky that Garrett Bowles fell that far. Uh, but even there, like, I don't think he was quite worthy of that pick at that point. You know, he was still a a growing player. I think he's he's there now. I think he's a great talent at the, the offensive tackle position. But he needed a couple years of seasoning. He wasn't that day one starter that they absolutely needed at that time. And you see, like I said, some teams get very desperate. And uh, I was just thinking about this with the, the 2011 draft when the Broncos did take Von Miller. They had a desperate need for quarterback, and I'm really glad they didn't reach for a Jake Locker or a, um, a Blaine Gabbert that were taken a few picks later, that they actually got that Hall of Fame player. And you want to make sure that for the for the Bears that they're not have to reach for somebody.
0: Most definitely, he is Carl Dumbler, ladies and gentlemen, NFL draft analyst for Mile High Huddle. Follow him on X at Carl, that is A R L. Dumler D-U-M-L-E-R-M-H-H. And now, Carl, as we do all the time at this time of year, it's time to do a three-round mock draft for the Bears. And we obviously are on the clock with the number one overall pick. And uh, you said uh, your quarterback of preference is Caleb Williams. So should he be the pick here?
1: Yeah, I, I think that's the... Unless, like you said earlier, that trade that Washington was willing to make but right now, it's just go get Caleb Williams. Don't even question it. Get the top-tier quarterback that everybody's talking about. Um, I remember Sean Payton, before he joined the Broncos, was in that that conversation just going, like, this guy is elite already in college. Like, he could be elite in the NFL already. Uh, and that was as a, a sophomore in college. So I, I'm I'm not going to take that chance. I'm just going to go get my guy, take Caleb Williams.
0: Yeah, Caleb Williams, the pick at one overall in our three-round mock for the Bears here. And let's check the board now. Brock Bowers is the best player left on the board. Now, this is a direction the Bears should actually consider. Because keep in mind, Shane Waldron ran a... Two tight end offense a lot with the Seahawks these past couple years, and Geno Smith really thrived in that two tight end offense. Plus, Brock Bowers, he's essentially a sixth offensive lineman. He's a very, very, very good blocker as well to being an excellent receiver. So he could be your, like, sixth offensive lineman in running games, and you could, like, tear up the middle of the field with uh, him and Cole Komet. And a quarterback, a rookie quarterback's best friend is the tight end because they're your security blanket and two ends are better than one for Caleb Williams here. So we should definitely consider Brock Bowers here. But uh, if you think Talise Fuaga could play left tackle, I think he's uh, worth a look here because yes, you got Braxton Jones, but Ryan Pulse himself said that he would not hesitate to draft a tackle here if he thought he was a clear upgrade over Braxton Jones.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I personally have Brock Bowers higher. Uh, I'd have him as a top about where they have him, about six in this draft. Um, You know, I'm not huge on taking tight ends early in drafts very often, but what Bowers has been able to do in college with his yards after catch ability um, his just his intelligence. And I hate uh, what I'm about to say, because it means I'm going to talk well about a chiefs player, but Travis Kelsey, as much as I, I don't like what he does, on the field because he's just out there destroying people and helping the chiefs. (laughs) Part of what makes him such a great tight end. Isn't that he's the most athletic. Isn't that he's the biggest and strongest, but it is, he understands the position better than any other tight end in football. He understands where there's going to be holes in the zone defense. He understands how to set up a defender when he's trying to run a certain route. Uh, He understands coverages. Like I've never seen a tight end understand. And Brock Bowers reminds me a lot of that. He really sets up defenders to, to get himself open. Like there, there's just so many plays when I'm watching the Georgia play that I'm like, how the heck did he get that at wide open? And I always say that about Travis Kelsey. I'm like, you know, this guy is an elite player and he's always wide open. And like I said, getting Caleb Williams and a talent like Brock Bowers. So now you got yourself DJ Moore, you got Brock Bowers. You got a great run game. I would feel so great about that offense and what they could be in the future.
0: Most definitely. Brock Bowers is a tremendous value for the Bears at night if he's available. And keep in mind, the Bears currently do not have a second-round pick because of the Montez Sweat trade, but the Montez Sweat trade obviously paid tremendous dividends for them, so we'll take it. So we're back on the clock here at 75 overall. And uh, the best player on the board, Sioni Vaki, is safety out of Utah. Javon Bowler, like if you got rid of Eddie Jackson, uh, you, uh, this could be some good safety value here. Uh, but uh, Roman Wilson, if you want some speed in your wide receiver room to add that vertical element, Roman Wilson, he was absolutely incredible down in Mobile this past week. He could be a good value here. Uh, Mike still, if you want to add a special nickel defender to your defense uh, and make a 3 headed monster in that cornerback room with Jayla Johnson, Tyreek Stevenson, make those two the boundary quarters and put still in the nickel, he looks appealing here.
1: He does. He definitely does. And, uh, you know, I always love those Michigan defenders because they're always coached up. Well, they're always NFL ready. Um, they usually play above their, their talent level because they're so smart on the field. Um, but man, it would be tough to to pass on Roman Wilson right now. Uh, you know, I, again, I, I keep saying this, I, I want to make sure to give every, that rookie quarterback every chance to go out there and have success. And, you know, you got Brock Bowers who's going to take attention. Like I said, you got DJ Moore who's going to take attention. Roman Wilson, adding that over-the-top ability, opening up the middle of the field for those two guys to operate would just be such an incredible part of, of the game. And again, when you're looking at Caleb Williams and what he was able to do at USC, his ability to throw down field to guys that had speed upon speed and and hit them in stride and make those big plays adding that to a roster, you know, I think it was uh, George Payton was talking after the season and somebody asked him a question about, or well, are you going to look to add speed to this roster? And he goes, you're always looking to add speed. Like you love having speed. If you can go get it, obviously you want football players and Roman Wilson is a football player. Like this guy loves to go out there and, and hit people. You know, he's not afraid to go out there and block either. So you can still have a strong run game with him on the field. Um, I, I, really love this guy. He's unselfish. He could have gone to a lot of colleges and been a true number one wide receiver, thousand yard seasons every year. Uh, but he chose to, to go to the Michigan and learn, uh, from a great coach, great system and go win a lot of games. And like I said, then he goes down the senior bowl and just destroys people. I mean, makes them look silly. And you know, the cornerbacks, they looked pretty darn good on most receivers, There's about three or four receivers though that could embarrass those cornerbacks and he was one of them. So again, I'd probably lean towards adding to this offense right now.
0: Roman Wilson is the pick indeed at 75 and so concludes this three-round mock draft and so concludes this off-season preview of the 2024 Chicago Bears. And once again, he is Carl Dumbler. Carl Dummler, X. He is the NFL draft analyst for Mile High Huddle. Carl, thank you so much once again. And that's it for today here on Sports Crutch. But my main man, Hal Bent, returns later this week to recap Super Bowl 58 and discuss all the latest news and notes from around the National Football League. So stay tuned. Also, be sure to follow me on X at dcrom 59 and on Instagram and now threads at Sports Crutch with DCrom. And remember, that's Crutch with a K. For Carl Dumbler, this is David Cromwell saying so long and whatever you do, please choose love, please choose kindness, please choose compassion, please choose selflessness, and please choose empathy, which are the core characteristics of the best teammates and teams in any sport. Until next time, Cats, Kittens, stay cool.